Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog Podcast, we are back. I, of course, am Brian Olson, and I have a great episode for you today. And my guest, she is an absolute iron woman. She is the founder of Lock and Load Marketing, the messy back-end podcast, and Yes Women's Network. She's an accomplished speaker, podcaster, digital marketer, and mentor, and she is none other than Sheila Logan. Now, Sheila is also a survivor. She was a single mom of five amazing children for 28 years and an entrepreneur for the past 10 years. This led her to build Yes Women's Network, which provides trusted resources, tools, and a place of support. Now, sharing how she survived helps entrepreneurs understand the importance of personal branding. Sheila, it's great to have you in the show. Welcome to the One Broken Cog podcast. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. And I got to say five kids. I don't know how you do it. You must live in a mansion. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like a dirt <laughs> poor. There's dirt on the floor. <laughs> when you have five children and you're a single mom, you certainly don't live in a mansion, but you do live in joy and pain all at the same time. <laughs> Man, how many bathrooms do you have? I know there's probably some, you know, some bottlenecking in the bathroom and positioning there, huh? You know, I have four daughters and a son, and I'm actually kind of blessed to the point where there's only one child left at home. So with one bathroom, that was that was a lot better with just one child left at home. So I am blessed that they're not little. I can tell you that. Oh, there you go. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure you have told your daughters what I, well, actually, my dad told my sister is that we pay for one wedding. And that's it. So make it count, right? <laughs> right. That's a, that's a good point. I told my kids I would pay for them to elope. I said, I'll give you $10,000. Go wherever you want to go elope. Man, I'll tell you, it's 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 unbelievable. Yeah, I have two daughters myself and they're constantly fighting for my attention. So I can only imagine what it's like with five. Yeah, they're, you know, they're good kids. I got really blessed. They're They're pretty independent. They come from an independent mother, so they're pretty independent. But um, yeah, that's, it's a challenge being a single mom. You know, you have to be mom and dad, which means you have to be the mean mom and the, you know, Disneyland dad and, and the, being both of those things teaches you how to be a great entrepreneur because you have to be two different people, but the same at the same time. And so I learned a lot from it. I think being a single mom is probably one of the things that made me the strongest, you know, how I am. So. No, absolutely. I got to give you uh, so much credit. The fact that you started this business has been so successful and you raise these amazing kids all on your own for that length of time is a huge, huge accomplishment. How did you balance it? How did you, how did you do it? Any tips for any single moms out there that are going through the same thing you did? Thanks. Yeah. Um, so my biggest tip for anybody who's listening, whether you're a single mom, whether you're a single dad, whether you're married, it doesn't matter, is that you have to look at where do you want to be and what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And find that real authentic person of who you are and realize that it's okay to pivot and keep becoming that person. And one of the biggest struggles that I went through was um, my previous husbands, they tried to make me who they wanted me to be. And I changed and changed and changed. And by the time I became what they eventually wanted me to be, and they, you know, things would just fall apart. I don't know exactly. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right? I'm going to go into any private details, but things fell apart. And I grew and I became better and I grew and I became better. And I did that because I know who I want to be. I never let anybody else make me decide something different than what I wanted. And it's a fight. It's a battle on a regular basis to remember who I am, remember what I want to be. But really what it takes for me is what I want to have is I want to be a fantastic mom, number one. 
And I want my children to know and understand that they can be and do whatever they want to be. And as long as I kept that as my potent, you know, my purpose on a regular basis, I was able to keep moving forward, try and keep a smile on my face. People tell me all the time, you know, how are you so happy? And I'm like, well, it's a decision. It's definitely a decision to be happy, but you, I know what I want. And then when the kids got older and I started realizing that it's not just about the kids anymore. It's about me too. What do I want to do? And looking back on my life, all the times when I, you know, the kids would come home from school and they'd say, you know, I want to join the drill team. That's $2,000. I want to be on the track team. That's $500. I want to, you know, be in the, the drama club and that's $300. And I need new shoes or I need new jeans. And I look back and I think, how could, how did I survive that? And how can I make that easier for other women to survive that or, you know, anybody. And that's kind of how I ended up starting the network was I wanted to be a place where people could come and say, I'm in this situation where I need help. What are the resources that I have? And so that's kind of what led me into um, building the network is like, we need a support system. You know, we, we want to be able to reach this goal, but how do we get there and who do we trust kind of thing? No, that's wonderful. How, how is a network? How did it take shape from the first original idea to how it is now? So I started my digital marketing agency out of a necessity to put food on the table, you know, and keep clothes on the backs and all that kind of thing. And as I was building that, I came to realize that sitting behind a computer is just sucks the life out of me. I mean, I, yeah. I like digital marketing. Don't get me wrong. And, and if you want to talk marketing, I, I get excited about it. I love marketing. But I realized that sitting behind a computer every day was not serving my passion. It was not serving the purpose that I felt like I was here for. So I started working with this mentor and we talked and this is, you know, you know what it's like when you're coming to this realization of things. It took a long time, but I'll give you the short version was we talked and talked and talked and talked. And then finally he said, look, what do you really want to do? And I said, what I really want to do is I want to help those women who find themselves in a situation where they say to themselves, oh, crap. Now what? And then they have a place to go. And so he says, okay, well, what's the opposite of that? And I says, well, okay, so let's say I lost my keys. And I'm like, oh, crap. Now what? So I find my keys and I say, yes. And he says, that's the name of your network. Yes, Women's Network. And we created this little cool thing called the craft concept, you know, where C stands for something. R stands. I don't honestly I don't remember what it is now off the top of my head. But like we, we formed the whole thing around this whole thing of, you come to this place where you don't know what to do next and you go find a place where you can get the, the right answers. And so I started the network with the intention of it being a place where people could come and get training courses. You know, they could come and watch videos and learn how to do anything from changing a tire to changing the oil on a car to learning to knit to learning to cook. And I wanted to have all these instructors come in and I started kind of building that. But again, out of necessity, I kept having to fall back to my digital marketing agency and so it didn't quite develop the way that I wanted it to. But what I realize is in pivoting and in realizing what my real purpose in life is, is my purpose in life is actually to be a mentor and speak to women and encourage them to live their maximum potential. So by building that network the way that I had initially wanted to build it, that wouldn't really serve my purpose and is a nightmare. It's a lot of work. And so it's kind of evolved into this thing where now it's literally just a safe place to find resources. It's a place to come and meet other people and get to know them. And, um, you know, I have a lot of resources that I have on the site and then I do speaking and, and the podcasting and that kind of thing. And 
So it, it's just kind of evolving. It's, it's kind of taking on a life of its own, really. I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, when you see something, you, you, you are open to going in a different direction, trying something new and building upon what you've already built. And I, I think that it's such a great thing because women definitely need that emotional support. If you think about it, a lot of times in marriages or relationships, you know, the woman will say, and I don't want to speak for all women. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, <laughs> Hey honey, I just want you to listen. And men are natural fixers. So when a woman brings an issue or just wants to vent or share, men just want to jump in and solve it right then and there. And the woman is like, Hey, listen, I, I just want to you to not say anything. And I just want you to listen to me. And, you know, men aren't the best communicators, right? They're not the, the best emotional support system people you can find. So the network I think is really filling that hole, bridging that gap. And it's amazing because it's a definite need. So I think you're definitely uh, meeting that need. Thanks. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right because I actually um, just got married in October. <laughs> I, my sweet husband, he's, he's very, patient with me because my picker is off and I've had bad luck with husbands. So he picked me and that's just working out way better for me. But it's the same thing because he is a fixer. And one of the main things that I spoke to about him when we first started dating is like, you don't need to fix me, you know, because (laughs) he's got this great, wonderful life and I've had a difficult life, but I don't need fixing. I'm broke, but I'm not broken. And I'm fixing myself. And I wanted this network to be a place, you know, like I said, I like serving the, the single women and the military wives, especially. It, let's give an example. If a military wife is in Germany and her husband's getting transferred back to the States, I want her to be able to come to the network and say, hey, y'all, I'm moving to Alabama. Who lives in Alabama? Where's a good neighborhood? Where would be a good place to go take my kids to school? Where's a good place to get my hair cut? I mean, just something even that simple up to the fact that I have a nonprofit attached to it where they can come and they can apply for grants to get school clothes for their kids or for moving expenses or for a day out because they need a break, whatever it is. Those kind of elements are actually, I think, going to stay with the network as it grows and develops, but it will be a place they can come and get help so they can keep saying yes to their life. That's wonderful. I love that. I love it. I, you know, I was reading a stat recently and it was 33% of employees who enjoy work-life balance benefits plan to stay in their current companies and around 21% of workers with good work-life balance tend to work harder. And I know that's, that's a real hot topic. You know, today, of course, many people are working remotely, but you know, you have kids that are doing schooling from home. So obviously you have to pay attention there. And it's very difficult to juggle the work life and the home life, of course, like you mentioned, when you're finished with work, your energy is zapped and it's very mm-hmm. hard to give that attention to your kids and to the home life. And some of that somewhat suffers. Any advice on how to balance? And you also make a great point as far as taking care of yourself. I mean, women struggle with the fact that they're taking care of the home. They're taking care. A lot of them are working right now, you know, they're, they're the dual household incomes. So taking care of yourself really takes a backseat. And we know how important it is to take care of yourself. Are, do you think women are struggling with this and how do you think they should allocate that time and how do you think they can pay attention to themselves as well as balancing that work-life dynamic? You know, there's a, another statistic out there that, that uh, was done in the UK and it came down to say that the average woman spends an, uh, an average time of 17 minutes on herself every day. 17 minutes a day is all she spends on herself. So one of the things that I really push is for women to make that time for themselves, whether it, you know, I've heard women say, if I could have just put mascara on today, I would have been fine. And I'm like, okay, so your baby's crying. Your baby is going to be crying for the 30 seconds going to take you to go put mascara on. If it's going to make you feel fabulous all day, 
go put some dang mascara on. I was talking to um, a friend of mine about this and her mother came over and she came over and started crying. And she says, you know, I'm 60 years old and I don't have eyelashes anymore. I wish I'd taken time to put mascara on. So it's those little tiny things that you really have to pay attention to here and there. Stop and drink some water. If that's how you have to start to do that small, do those little tiny things, but do them for yourself all day long. Eat a piece of chocolate. It's not going to kill you. Don't sit down and eat the whole cake, you know, but take some time and do those little things. And then as your children get older, you start adding more and more things. But, you know, I think it comes down to recognizing through the day to take that minute for yourself. And and, and, you know what teachers teach, they teach what they're bad at because I I don't always take care of myself the way I should, but I actually make a point to be aware of it. Now, one thing that I'm actually working on right now, and my husband is in the army and he's been teaching me how to do better decision-making. So I'm coming up, I'm using his military strategy for decision-making to apply to my life and kind of creating that into a format for individuals as well as entrepreneurs, but basically it's learning how to live your maximum potential. And so the first thing you want to do is you want to decide what you want out of life. It's like I said before, I always knew at the end of the day, I wanted my kids to be successful and have them say, you know what, my mom never let me down. And that was important to me. So that was a dream for me. It never was a dream to be the front face of a company and be a speaker and be, you know, in the public eye and have people recognize me. That's kind of creepy, but it it happens. But that also helps me fulfill my potential, but, or my purpose, but I needed to know what that was and to always have that right smack in my face and thinking about that first and foremost is the easiest way to make sure I'm headed in the right direction. The second thing I always recommend is like determine what your priorities are. For me, it was my family, my spirituality, my health. Those were my priorities. And so by knowing where I want to be and what my priorities were, every decision that I make after that gets analyzed against those two things. And so as I make plans, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I'm going to start a new podcast, which I'm thinking about, you know, starting a whole nother podcast. Does it align with my purpose and my passion and what I want to do with my life? If all of those things align, then those decisions become easier. You know, every decision that you make, you can very quickly, it becomes actually a quick habit. If I don't go for a walk today, how's it going to affect my health? Okay, well, I'm going to get up and go for a 10 minute walk. I may not have 30 minutes, but I go for a 10 minute walk. And so every decision that you make applies to those priorities and that dream life that you want to have. It makes it easier to make those decisions. I have a hard time saying no. I've got the worst boundaries in the world. Mm-hmm. But if I th- apply that to it, to a question, to a yes or no question, it becomes easier. I love it. That's great advice, Sheila. Now, if you were to give one piece of advice personal and one piece of advice professional to your children, what would those advice look like? Um, so the personal piece of advice I would give my children is to never forget who you are. Um, it's so easy in this world, especially with social media. You know, you and I were talking about TikTok prior to, to recording. And my daughter, I see her watching TikTok and I see her comparing herself to those people. And what you're seeing is five seconds. I don't know how long are the videos, like five seconds or something like that. You're seeing five seconds of this person's life. You can't compare yourself to that person's five seconds to your entire life. 
you know, um, if you've seen the picture of the blueberry on a table, there's like a blueberry muffin on a table. And it's beautiful. The table is beautiful. The plate it's on, the blueberry muffin's perfect. The blueberries are perfectly spaced. But if you zoom back from that picture, you're going to see a kid crying in the background, spilt milk on the counter, kitchen sink full of dishes. You know what I mean? So be who you are and don't let anybody else make you into something different because you're comparing yourself to what everybody else's five seconds to your full life. And I would actually say the exactly same thing to entrepreneurs. We compare ourselves. I think you and I talked about this when we talked before too, is that, you know, you've got these people who are saying, I can make you a million dollars in 38.7 seconds. Well, no, you can't because it took you 50 years to learn how to do that in 38 seconds. Right. You know, so you, you have to look at the really big picture but don't lose who you are. I have been taken out of who I am so many times in my life. And here I am a half a century. And if I could go back and tell myself the same thing, it would be just be you. Don't let anybody else change who you are. Because every time I get pulled out of who I am, I lose my authenticity. Um, I Everything falls apart. So it all comes back to just being you. Now, you know, I love that advice. I remember... I was in a Bible study years ago and the pastor had mentioned, cause you know, we always look at people like our mentors or whoever and say, man, I wish I could speak more like that or be more like that. Or, you know, and the, and the person said, you know, God made you uniquely you for a reason. And, you know, he was using himself as an example. He said, I can never be this person, but I can be the best version of, my, of myself that I can be. And, you know, that's why I think teams really struggle with these days and in, in inner departmentally and within companies is that they're competing against each other when in reality they, sh- they should be competing with themselves because we are so unique. And that's what makes a really cool team dynamic is that you have so many, you have so much diversity and, and so many different varying skills and experience levels there. So I love that. Now lock and load in marketing. We want to talk a little bit about marketing and we'll talk about your awesome podcast that you have. Tell me about the business and what do you think, what's the greatest struggle your clients are facing today in regards to marketing? That's a great question. I'll tell you how I actually ended up starting Lock and Lead Marketing in the first place was I was actually building my woman's network and I was speaking with the founder of Active Campaign, which is the email marketing platform. And I was speaking with him and I said, you know, I'm having a really hard time finding someone who understands marketing and the platform. I said, I can find a virtual assistant who understands a platform, but if they don't understand why they're using it, they, it's not, you know, you can't really do it. It's like, why are you going to fix this? You can't, you miss things, right? You don't know what you don't know. And so I said, I, what I'd really like to do is just train up a bunch of people. And he goes, well, you know, if you build it, I'll train them. And I said, oh my gosh, I can train, I can build this marketing company and I can get single women who don't want to be crazy entrepreneurs like you and I, and they can just come work for me whenever they have time. And so I said, I'm going to call it lock and load marketing. And he goes, okay, you build it. And then he retired. (laughs) So (laughs) that kind of fell apart. So he didn't do the training. And and said, but the digital marketing agency was, was built literally within two weeks after that. And the ultimate goal for it was to allow people to have a place to come be employed. Well, that didn't work out because you know what? Life doesn't always work out the way you want it to. But the agency did get built and I do have quite a few women who come and work for me. They come and they intern oftentimes where they're learning and working at the same time and trade for training. And that's a a win-win for everybody. Um, But the biggest struggle that I see right now is COVID freaked people out. I mean, (laughs) I've, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I says, well, I've been online for 
10 years. So for me, it was a piece of cake. I've had a Zoom account for eight years. You know, there are people who are learning about Zoom just barely. And I think that the biggest struggle they're having is that they get this, you know, deer in a headlights kind of feeling and they shut off and they freak out. So what I, what I would suggest to all of my clients and what I tell them is take a step back. If you don't know what to do, ask around, look around, step outside of your specific industry and find out what other industries are doing. Come up with something that nobody else has has decided. Look at all the different ways. You know, I was actually saying in 2019, the sales funnels are not working. In 2020, sales funnels are no longer going to work. And I started in 2019 looking for other ways, which is why I started my podcast in the first place. When I first started marketing 10 years ago, it took seven touches or you would have to be in front of someone seven times before they would buy something from you. By 2016, I believe it was 13. 2019, 21 times you got to be in front of somebody. That's a nightmare. How do you get in front of somebody 21 times? So I quickly realized that podcasting is the place to be because it creates this intimate relationship. You've got someone in your ear telling you that they're smart they're bringing on experts, they're showing you that they're well-connected, and they're giving you exactly what you need to know. And that became the new platform for me was through podcasting because it gets the word out there and it creates that that relationship with people. So what I believe 100% that my clients need to do is calm down, make sure you're sticking with who you really are authentically. I think this might be my 2021 thing. (laughs) And um, find something that's working, even if it's not in your industry, but look around because, you know, like I said, you're deer in your headlights. You can't see past the car. You got to do that. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Now, Sheila, what's your approach to personal branding and why is it so important? Why should businesses embrace this? Well, I think, you know, when I was a kid, I knew everybody on my street. I knew everybody went to church with. I knew everybody went to school with. And that was my world. I think I had a pen pal once in, you know, another country because it was a, you know, a thing, but I'd never really met that person. I didn't know that person. And then, you know, in the, the early nineties, late nineties, when social media and every, you know, email and internet and everything started taking off, the world started getting so big. I actually used to live in this tiny little town of 750 people. And I used to say, I know more people in Australia and Canada than I do in my little town of 750 (laughs) because the world got so big, didn't it? I mean, You and I have never met in real life and we probably never will. I'm, to be honest, I don't even know where you live. And so this world just became so big and it became a place where so many people could fool you and lie to you. And if you are great with colors and great with websites, somebody could convince you to give them $10,000 to coach them and then they disappear, right? Right. The, The world became so big and so full of these things and who can you trust and, um, now what people are looking at is I want, and I see this in the Facebook groups, they'll ask questions. Who do you know that does this, 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 and everybody's referring. And then they go, but have you really worked with them individually? And so it goes back to who, who are the real people behind the big brands? Now we want to work with people, not with big brands. We want to work with individuals. I want to work with speakers that when I'm on the stage with them or behind the curtain or on social media or speaking with them one-on-one, I'm getting the same person everywhere. 
I want to be with someone that I can know, like, and trust. And that comes back to personal branding. Um, personal branding is more than um, what are your colors? You know, it's who are you? Can we trust you? How long have you been there? Can you show me other people that you've worked with? What are other people saying about you? And are you really who you are when I see you on stage or hear you on a podcast or see you on social media? Am I going to be the same person you're going to meet in the grocery store? And I think that's what people are looking for. We want to get real and we want to get close to people again. I agree 100%. That's well said, Sheila. I love that. Now, I love the fact that you fix messy back ends. We fix broken <laughs> cogs, you know, so we're kind of completely aligned. What's one of the messiest back ends that you've seen in your life? Oh, Mylanta, Brian. I mean, okay, this is good. <laughs> so I love this question. Nobody's asked me this question. I love it. There you so go. this lady comes to me and she comes to me on a Thursday night. She called me from a local number. So I figured maybe it was a friend or something. So I just went ahead and answered the phone. And as it turns out, she's like, I'm going to be on um, an event on Monday. I'm going to be on a webinar and I don't have a a free gift to give out. And I need to get that ready so that I can give it out on Monday morning. I'm like, okay, piece of cake. I can do a sales funnel, you know, like that real simple in you know, a couple hours. Well, she didn't know her login to her website. She didn't know what platform she was using. She didn't know her brand color. She didn't have a logo. She didn't have any images to put on it. She hadn't even written the book yet. She had nothing. And I don't work on Sundays. Midnight, this is my promise to, you know, because I'm spiritual and I believe in God. I promised him I won't work from midnight Saturday till midnight Sunday. And I only have two days in 10 years. I've only done that two days. And so I knew that that window of time was gone. I wasn't going to have that time. And so I started asking her these questions. Well, I got it up. I got it done. Um, and then I got a call from her actually at uh, six in the morning on Monday that she sent me the wrong ebook information. Oh, yeah, she sent me somebody else's ebook information. So we had to redo the ebook before nine o'clock that morning. So I had about three hours and we got it done. And then she came back and um, she was thanking me and something. I don't remember how we even got talking about it. And I said, you know, let's talk about your back end. What's going on there? And I realized um, her website was terrible. Her assistant was texting 2000 people a week. And emailing people to get her on the schedule. I mean, it was a, it was a hot mess. So what I did for her is we got her on an email marketing platform, which she was not on. We got her on a texting platform. We got her website all cleaned up. We cleaned up her brand. We fixed her social media. We uh, I went through her accounts and found out where her money was going, where it was coming. She didn't even know where her money was coming from. She didn't know where she made money. So she was selling these things on the side that she thought she was making money from. She, she was spinning wheels doing that because she wasn't making any money from it. So we cleaned that up. And so we saved her assistant about 40 hours a week where she could work on other things. We had her a waiting list. People could schedule their own appointments. So there was no texting back and forth. We increased her website sales by 650%. We took her events from 20 people to over 100 people. And we did all this in about six months. Wow. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was beautiful to behold, really, to watch it happen um, and to be a part of it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, any of your listeners, if they want to look at their back end and make a really big change right now, what they can do is go look at their books, find out where your money's going and find out where it's coming from. Find every single thing that you do. If you have an ebook, how many people are signed up for it? If you have a paid 
download how many people are buying it. Are they buying it? How much time are you spending on each one of those things? Find out where your money's coming from. Every single line stream of income. You know, people say millionaires have seven streams of income. Well, one entrepreneur can have one business with seven streams of income from the one business. And you need to have those things. So find out where everything is coming from. Then looking at what's going out the door, where is it going and which line of stream of income is it providing the financials for? Um, I said that wrong because I'm not a bookkeeper, but you know, <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying. Like if, if you have a Facebook ad running and you're spending $2,000 a month, you dang well better be making five, six, $7,000 from that or stop spending it. Um, the first gal I actually flipped the back end on, I asked her some questions. I, again, she hired me to do a sales funnel and I said, okay, where are we going to do the emails? She's using two different email platforms. I said, why are you using two? She goes, oh, because I use this one for this and that one for that. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Put it all on one. You save $1,200 a month. In the first week, we saved her $1,200 a month. So look at where it's going and where it's coming from. Line it all up and figure out what you can stop doing and what you can do more of. And you'll increase your income just in the first month, just doing that little piece. I love it. Great stuff, Sheila. Now you have a podcast. It's very unique. I really love it. Tell everyone how you got started, the idea for the podcast. I love to hear the idea for the new one too, but how did this take shape? And tell me a little bit about the podcast because I do love it. Yeah. We, I, I'm. Thank you for coming on, Brian. We had such a blast having you on the show. I can't wait till your episode airs. I'll tell you, I was driving down the street one day with my daughter and she about wrecked into another car. And I said, oh, my Lante, you're going to make me mess in my seat. And she's like, what? <laughs> I guess I'd never said that before. And as we were driving home and she was laughing her head off, I was like, that's a good name for a blog post. That'd be funny. You know, <laughs> like don't, don't mess in your seat. And then a few days later, my now co-host Nate Tucker said to me, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I'm like, no, not really. He says, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And I said, well, I'll look into it. And then everything just kind of came download real fast. I had a logo and everything going like two weeks later. I was like, Hey, Nate, I'm starting a podcast. It's called the messy back end of entrepreneurship. You want to be the co-host? And that's just how it got started. But the fact is, is if any business that you talk to, you'll hear them saying things like, Oh, my back end is a mess or the back. If I had somebody to run the back end of my business, I could be more successful and those kind of things. And so we just put the two together and, um, it's, it's a hot mess, and, but we like hanging out in the messy back end. We have a lot of fun back there. There's just a lot going on, and there's so many different directions you can take it. It's, it's a blast. It's great. And I remember one of my favorite sermons ever was called, was titled, God Loves Messy People. So <laughs> Nice. I like that. No, it's awesome. And it was this guy founded this thing called Messy Grace, too. It's just, it took off like a wildfire. So I'm sure your podcast is going to do the same. What's your idea for the new one? I'd love to hear it. So I was talking to a business consultant early in 2020, like April, May, you know, when things are falling apart. And I was telling him how I have this woman's network and I have this digital marketing agency and I have this podcast. I don't know how to run them all together and make them flow with each other to where one supports the other and things like that. And he said, well, you know, I really like the name of your podcast, The Messy Backend. And so we have the messy back end of entrepreneurship. And he says, have you ever thought about advancing that and making it into more? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he says, well, you could have the messy back end of finances, the messy back end of 
photography, you know, and you could actually lease out or, um, you know, rent out, quote unquote, your brand to people. And all they have to do is record a podcast and send it to you. You've got seven different streams of podcasting going out. All you have to do is they use your brand and you put it up on your stuff. It's like you all support and help each other. So I'm thinking about doing the messy back end of single mom life. And I'm kind of on the fence about it because it, it would bring up a lot of private personal things, but I'm, I'm really, I'm thinking about it, but we do have a bookkeeper who wants to do the messy back end of finance. Nate's thinking about doing the messy back end of photography. So we're kind of on the, the edge of, do we do this or do we not do it? And we're, we'll see what happens. <laughs> there you go. I love it. You can sign me up for the messy back end of manhood. So <laughs> there you go. I'll do it. Oh my goodness. See that, that <laughs> Now, you know, we have a, it's a strictly family show, so I don't know oh, if yeah, you no. do that one without getting out of that, but that, that sounds like a fun topic too. Yeah. Would be. Sheila, thank you so much for joining. It's been fantastic. Any last words of wisdom or anything you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Um, I would say, make sure you're learning something new every day. Just no matter what it is, just learn something new every day. You and I were talking beforehand. You taught me a new term I've never heard. And then I told you, I said, well, now I'm done for the day because I learned something. But I think, um, especially now I'm getting older and I'm getting this, you know, we call it, they call it some timers. <laughs> my, my husband has half a brain. I have a half a brain together. We're one full brain. But the way that we can keep going and moving forward and becoming better is to learn something new every day. So try and read something, listen to a podcast you know, something like that. But that would be my suggestion is just don't quit learning. I love that. Yeah. No, you're either growing or you're dying, right? We want to grow. Right. So Sheila, very last question. It's a personal question just so we can know you a little bit better. So you're going to be retired on an island all by yourself. Maybe you could bring your husband too. And you can only bring the one book, one movie and one album. What would they be? Oh boy. You should prepare me for this one. One book would have to be uh, the Book of Mormon or the Bible, right? Can we go past that and go to into something that's more like self-help would be um, high performance habits by um, Brendan Bouchard, because it teaches you um, each of the things you, that you can do to become better on a regular basis. It's got like seven different areas where you can become better. Um, and the favorite album, I would have to leave that to my husband. He picks better music than me, but I really like the <laughs> classical music. So probably be something classical. And the one movie, hmm. Let's go with, uh, let's see, we were watching um, Pride and Prejudice with um, Keira Knightley. You got the music in there and the storyline and a romance. So I'm going to have to go with that. Aha. Uh -huh. That's the second time somebody's answered that like, that way. Really? Think, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I think that Brett's favorite movie would be Hot Tub Time Machine, right? That's like an inside <laughs> joke, but Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Nate. Yeah. He, he tried that uh, whole podcasting from the, from the hot tub thing. Right. COVID started. Yeah. I forgot about that. That blinded me when I saw that the first time I was like, Oh my gosh, what are they doing? That's very unique. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh goodness. That's funny. <laughs> well, Sheila, it's been wonderful. How do people get in touch with you, connect to the women's network, your podcast and you uh, personally? Well, the best way is just to go to themessybackend.com because right there on the homepage, you've got the podcast, you've got link to the network and a link to the digital marketing agency. And there's a contact page where they can send me a message right there. Sheila, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. I've had a blast. I mean, we could have gone on forever, but unfortunately time is of the essence. Have a beautiful rest of the day. 
Have a, a wonderful weekend. Keep up the good work and let's stay in touch. Definitely. Thanks so much, Brian, for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.